Welcome to this edition of the IIF Regulatory Affairs Podcast. My name is Martin Boer, the Director of Regulatory Affairs at the IIF. I'm very proud to have today as our guest, Eva Hupkus, who is the Acting Head of Regulatory and Supervisory Policies at the Secretariat of the Financial Stability Board. Eva, the FSB has been busy in the past months launching a number of projects and consultations that touch on recovery and resolution issues. One of these is the recent FSB report on market fragmentation, which highlights a number of instances where reducing market fragmentation might have a positive effect on financial stability or improve market efficiency without any detrimental effect on financial stability. The FSB has identified market fragmentation, together with the G20 and IOSCO, as a top priority and committed itself to a number of steps. In your opinion, what's the main driver behind this initiative and to what extent do you see scope for meaningful changes to be made? Thank you, Martin. Let me just note at the beginning that these are just my personal views, so they don't necessarily reflect those of the FSB or of any of its members. Now, more than 10 years after the global financial crisis, the FSB is pivoting from the development of reforms to the implementation of reforms and to evaluating the effects and the effectiveness of those reforms. And there is good reason to believe that the effects of not having had those reforms, of not having cooperated and coordinated and worked together to develop common standards, would have led to more fragmentation at the global level. International standards are, by their nature, high level. They need to be transposed into national rules and regulations in part uh, due to the need to tailor them to domestic conditions. So there is concern that variations in the implementation of regulatory reforms and variations in the timing of those reforms mm. have led to fragmentation. And some of the fragmentation is intended, it can even have positive effects on financial stability, that it helps reduce contagion effects. But other forms of fragmentation may be unintended, have harmful consequences on financial stability in that they um, limit opportunities to diversify risk or prevent uh, firms from channeling capital and liquidity to uh, where that is needed. Policies that give rise to market fragmentation often reflect legitimate concerns for regulators. For example, the concern that parent company uh, may repatriate funds, capital, liquidity from a host jurisdiction in time for press. So host authorities may not have confidence that efficient liquidity resources may remain in their jurisdiction and therefore may lead to the imposition of ex-ante requirements. So the objective of FSB is to identify those unintended or potentially harmful effects of market fragmentations to understand the motivation behind those and discuss how these concerns can be addressed in a manner that is less fragmentary. Thank you. Several of the market fragmentation examples that we've looked at are in the areas of recovery and resolution. If we take, for example, how each relevant home and host jurisdiction translates the provisions of the TLAC term sheet into their local regulation, 
We have seen in that case that jurisdictions calibrate or propose to calibrate internal TLAC at different ends of the TLAC term sheet range, which obviously goes from 75% to 90%. Was this the intention of how the term sheet was developed? And do you see a role for the FSB to re-emphasize the need for more consensus? The FSB deliberately set a range so that home and host calibrate the requirement in taking into account firm-specific circumstances, mm -hmm. the firm-specific resolution strategy and plan. But the presumption underlying internal TLAC is that home and host coordinate a group-wide resolution that of a GSIP that is uh, resolved in a single point of entry resolution. Also, presumption underlying the single point of entry resolution is that this group is so interconnected and intertwined that it cannot be broken up and resolved at a multiple point of entry. When you go back to the crisis, I mean, mm -hmm. back uh, at the time of the crisis or post-crisis, there have been discussions about how to develop effective resolution strategies. And one of the proposals had been just break up those global banks. And the single point of entry resolution strategy is intended to avoid this, and mm -hmm. internal TLAC helped implement that single point of entry strategy by ensuring that material subsidiaries can be kept out of resolution and that critical economic sanction can continue to be formed. However, we're still at a stage where we haven't reached a uh, maintenance phase of those plans when we're not yet at a steady state. And uh, so there remain concerns, particularly in host jurisdiction, that resources uh, cannot be deployed from the parent to the material subsidiaries to uh, effectively implement such a strategy. And that may explain why we see calibration at the high end of this range. The FSB has been um, undertaking a review of the technical implementation of the TLAC standard. A report will be published in the coming days. And it also identified further work to be undertaking, and it will be looking at the range of practices in implementing internal TLAC processes, coordinating and cooperating. Um, amongst home and health authorities, and in particular, also a, a mechanism and arrangement that uh, facilitate the deployment of resources that are non, not pre-positioned to a material subsidiary. Right. That relates to my next question, which is that despite these programs and the progress that has been put in place, we have seen an increase in jurisdictional ring fencing and prepositioning of financial resources as home and host jurisdictions seek to protect and control their own domestic markets. Can you talk a bit about how you see the role of colleges and crisis management groups and how perhaps through those supervisory tools, we can help increase the trust between regulators to address cross-border supervisory issues? Supervisory colleges and crisis management groups have a very important role in strengthening trust and confidence amongst home and host authorities. They also help restore the trust that was lost in the past crisis. Supervisory colleges and crisis management groups are no decision-making bodies, but they nevertheless play an important uh, role in shaping decisions of national authorities 
such as regards TLA calibration, the identification of preferred resolution strategy, the identification of material subgroups or subsidiaries. And importantly, they also help authorities understand each other's motivation behind policy actions and also potential constraints that payment host authorities may be under in a crisis. Thank you. Uh, relatedly to that, Ava, uh, do you see a need for or do you see a value for more clear guidance around the supervisory responsibilities and interests of the home, parent authorities, and the host, and to ensure that supervision is adequate and consistent across member jurisdictions? The FSB is exploring ways to strengthen home and host uh, cooperation, both through supervisory colleges and crisis management groups, so-called CMGs. For example, it has developed a standard template for use by CMGs in their resolvability assessment, and such use of a standard template should promote a consistent approach across all CMGs in assessing resolvability. It had also been suggested that CMGs consider, as part of their resolvability discussions, potential fragmentary effects of policies in homotomous jurisdictions. Right. Well, let me ask you finally, um, the FSB currently has a consultation open where it's examining the role of resolution-related disclosures, both on a sectoral basis, but also looking at firm-specific disclosures. And this would help strengthen market discipline and public accountability. How aware do you think investors and other recipients of disclosures are of the extensive resolution initiatives that have already been introduced since the financial crisis? And do you feel that there is still more need for investor education? We shouldn't underestimate the enormous progress that has been made in terms of awareness of resolution and resolution planning, but more needs to be done. So in the past crisis, um, when I was a supervisor, one could not talk openly about crisis management. Mm -hmm. And that was out of fear that the mere fact that it became known that one was discussing contingency planning, what if the large bank failed, could be taken as a sign that a crisis was looming. That meant that crisis management was a secretive business. Mm -hmm. And uh, as a result, there's a lot of uncertainty about what would happen. That has changed radically. And there is now recognition that resolution only works if key stakeholders and market participants believe that it will. And only then can it be effective. Increasingly, there is more information available on resolution regimes, on the process of resolution planning, and uh, this should help um, market participants in managing and controlling their. And the implementation of the Basel Committee TLAC disclosure standards should specifically help market participants in understanding the amounts of TLAC that are available, their composition and their location, in particular also the ranking in the creditor hierarchy. Some jurisdictions also expect banks to demonstrate their resolvability, for example, in the U.S., through the uh, living will process, and more recently, the UK published a proposal for a resolvability framework. And the FSB, uh, 
through its discussion paper, wants to promote disclosures around resolvability mm-hmm. and resolution planning, both general as well as institution-specific. And this discussion paper is a first step in this direction. Great. And it's another step by the FSB in trying to streamline and coordinate different approaches in different jurisdictions. So in that sense, it all ties it together with the market fragmentation issues and the resolution issues. Yeah, clearly it is uh, about uh, increasing predictability, Mm -hmm. even if we know flexibility optionality is um, is important in a crisis. And and I think there is a a law. I mean, the crisis that we prepared for will never happen. At the same time, the more more we communicate and consult and disclose about our respective legal regimes and resolution planning arrangement, the better we can coordinate and work together in a crisis. Great. Well, Eva Hupkus, thank you so much for sharing your views and your fresh insights on the regulatory resolution and recovery issues which are currently being debated on the global stage. So thank you so much thank for you. joining us. Thank you. It was us. a pleasure.